Listeners, welcome. We have another episode of Forrest Gump Minute, your weekly podcast, where we talk about the movie Forrest Gump four minutes at a time. I'm your co-host, Rob, and joined, as always, by my good best friends, Joe and Duff. It's wedding day. (laughs) (laughs) Say yes to the dress. Uh, yeah, you got to get married before you die, literally, in this scene. Um, this, talk about minutes 125 through 128. This starts with Jenny telling Forrest she's sick and ends with Jenny being sick. <laughs> Are you... Is this a bit where you make every sequence sound as boring as possible? Well, I mean, literally, this sequence starts with Jenny telling him he's sick and ends with her in bed sick. You're not. You're not wrong. That's just telling you. Just facts. Um, all right. So Jenny's at the playground. Little Force is on the swing. And uh, Jenny, you know, she already dropped a bomb on him with the, by the way, you have a kid. Now she drops the, that she's got a virus. They don't know what it is or anything. They And there's nothing they can do about it. The other A-bomb. The other bomb. And then. Or is it um, an H-bomb? And <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean here. Just, uh, and, and then uh, Force, you know, does what Force would do in the situation. He asks her to stay with him, and then she drops another not, bomb. Not before him. asking if it's a common cold. <laughs> yes, this is, in, this, in the COVID times, that's what this, this scene could be replayed. Um, what if Force had just said, "Like, oh, how many people have died from the flu?" Smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just dismisses it. Um, and then, uh, so he asks her to, to stay with him, which is what he would do. And then she drops a bomb and asks him to marry her. So a lot happens at that playground. Yeah. You guys ever had a big, important conversation at a park? It seems like a thing that happens in movies all the time. Uh, uh is there any better one than the one at JFK with Donald Sutherland? <laughs> no, that, that's my, by far my favorite one. But this yeah. this is in movies all the time. I've never had an important conversation in a park. Um, I have. Uh, I think it depends I, on how close you live to a park. I feel like I, I don't know. It depends on your definition of important. But like in high school, like we would go to the park because it's one of the few places without parents you can go to when you're in high school. Have you okay. eavesdropped on any important conversations in a park, Ooh, Duff? We know you oh, love eavesdropping. If I can't recall any, so I don't think I have any great ones. Joe, what was your important conversation about? Are you are you willing to share? Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, I I'm actually I can't recall at the moment a specific one, honestly. But I'm I'm positive I've had. One. Uh, I have set off fireworks at a park and shot a potato gun at a park. Does uh, that count? I've done yep. one of those two things. I'm I'm sure I've been involved in. Set more than one breakup inside of a park as well. <laughs> I I know I've been involved in some, if not breakup, like post breakup conversations at a park. Okay, <laughs> around the Wait, fire. I mean, it is like a thing, right? There's like, <laughs> it seems I, like I'm gonna throw this money in the fire. <laughs> that'll that'll show you, you bitch. Once again, I don't even know if that conversation's on this feed. I think that's a Patreon conversation. <laughs> well, um, or is it not? I don't remember. I, who who's the who same? knows? Who knows? If, if you want to, if you want to know, shell out ten bucks. Two dollars. Two dollars. Yeah, two dollars. Yeah. yeah come ten dollars to get that's your feet. Two, that's what a McDonald's coffee or that, something. How that much? Is, how much that could is, a podcast cost, Michael? 
$2. (laughs) That is roughly the cost of a 20-ounce soft drink, so... Um, Or you may have already listened to it. And we're even sweeter. Ooh. (laughs) Um... So, okay, there's a scene. Okay, so, all right, there's a lot going on here. So he, they're, they're at the playground. I just think it's weird in a lot of movies you see, like, a playground and people have a really big conversation. Well, because it's, like, it's a lot more cinematic it, than, like, sitting down on a couch in a living room. Yeah, also, true. to be fair, it's a communal space. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a space for everyone, regardless okay. Regardless of income or class, it is uh, in theory. Parks are the best. Yeah, I'm pro park for uh, sure. I, was, I, was, I honestly was starting to get a little worried that you're no, gonna, no, no, that no, you're no, going to do a contrarian Rob take. Well, okay, okay. So Don't. I'm not asking hold for on. it. I'm, I'm not. It's like a train Rob. This is just my thing. As a parent, I think I'm a pretty good parent. I think I'm a pretty good dad. The situations that I am. Well, at, you have the smartest kid in his class. Oh yes. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, 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 situations that I find myself the most uncomfortable and awkward in have been when he was younger and we would go to a park and just having to like interact with like other kids and other parents is just a situation that I do not thrive in and do not enjoy. So I generally, it's just like, It's, it's a conversation where, you know, you have something in common with the other person, but here's the thing. Also, you can promote the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Which yeah, but love. like you're assuming that all parks are like, oh, here we are, just hanging out, watching our kids, like they are in movies. When like that's not always the case. Sometimes well, sure, of like, course not. But I mean, you know, a I lot thought, of like. But you just. But that's how you prefaced it as like being around other parents with their kids well, in a park. Both, or sometimes being around at a park with kids that don't have their parents, and you have to deal with like them, and then you have to go <laughs> like, how do I handle this? And I don't like it. It just it just gets me out of my comfort zone. You're like a, a dog who wasn't properly socialized as a puppy. I mean, <laughs> I think, and I so think... you go to the dog park, and instead of running around and having a great time, you're just like hanging around at the edges by the fence, just warily looking at all the other canines. I don't spe- like it, man. I'll tell you what, if you guys ever become dads, you know it's not fun. Birthday parties when you go to take your kid to some friend's birthday party, and you got to like talk to other parents for ninety minutes or two hours. That's it's just terrible. a party. It's no, it's not a party because I don't have any. I don't. It's terrible. It it is bizarre because when you're kids, you know, when when you're a kid, it's like, hey, you're my age. Yeah, me, I'm this age too. Let's be friends, and it works. But but at the same time, it's kind of like adults are like, you have a kid. Yeah, I have a kid too, and our kids are friends. So I guess we're friends. Like that. Again, this is how I see it working. Uh, Yeah, I I, I'm I don't mean I'm not trying to be difficult, but I guess. It, that just sounds like that's just how it is at any kind of party where you don't know the other people. I don't go to a party normally where I don't know a single person. I do think there's this kind of weird societal thing where it's, you know, if you kind of take say I'm thinking of like little league or something where it's like yeah, you take it's a all, weird world guys. where you I don't take like where, where you have all these kids thrown together with and then you have their parents and these parents can be wildly different, but it's just kind of this weird thing where society's like, oh, you should all get along because yep. you have kids. Yep, you guys got to go talk and hang out for a couple hours multiple times a week for 10 weeks. You're like, cool. I don't like these people that much. I've This this is also like, there's like a laundry list of reasons I don't have kids, uh, but this, <laughs> you're, you're hitting on a big one right now is just the forced socialization and the expect. I am pro parks for their own work or everything else, but I don't like it as a, as a, so dad, you just don't want people at them. 
No, I just don't like go. I didn't. It wasn't a. Th- like, I don't mind going to a park. Rob, I don't mind Rob, being people there. Rob is the guy alone at the park at night who has the cops called on. Him. <laughs> <laughs> Investigation continues in Rob's hometown. <laughs> to continue just, last week's. I just am not great in like initial social interactions of people that I don't know, and quite honestly, part of it is it's all my fault, and part of it is I just it's such. It's such effort for me to care at the beginning that I it just it just I can't get over that block a lot of times. No, I, I'm I, I, this sounds awful. Uh, just kind of like forced socialization. Yeah, that sounds awful. That, that's scheduled over <laughs> and over again. Um, so like a podcast. yeah, I don't like that. But I'll you know. All right. Well, anyways. So, and I'll, I even shout look out, I, shout out to Minneapolis parks, which I believe are number one in the nation, in the nation. I know we kind of go back and forth with Portland, but I think we're number one. Um, all right. Oh no. I, I think that every city, just like Rob was this last time where you said, uh, every parent thinks their kid is the smartest in the class. That was, that was Duff. I said that. That was yeah. Duff. Okay. Thank yep. you. Um, I mean, we recorded a week ago. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's to say? Um, it that I think like almost every city also like makes up awards about itself, like we the best parks in the nation or like uh the skate park capital of <laughs> the west of the Mississippi. How would you even rate that? Yeah, I don't know who even granted it, but it's like some study or something. But one of the funniest examples of that, uh, not with parks, but uh. Did you know that Anoka, Minnesota, which is like a outer ring I already su- can say no. Which <laughs> I is do. it's it's an outer ring suburb that is trash, but they are the Halloween oh. ca- they are the Halloween capital of the world. And mm. do you know and do you know why they're the Halloween capital of the world? Because they decide All the people wearing be- white sheets. Because uh, their stores uh, only stay open for one month at a time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I do think there uh, to sympathize with what you just said, like there there is something to that where it's like, Oh, we're the number one at blah blah blah. It's like why? Because we said so. Okay. Yeah, there's one. The I just looked at the Madison Park site to see if I could find something. I found one ranked number one in the nation for number of basketball hoops per resident. <laughs> Come on. Which I'm just like, maybe that's true. I don't really know. Like who's, who's who track? It? Who did that math? <laughs> I think you could just say it, and no one's gonna like. No one's, no one's gonna prove you wrong on it. I mean, I I don't know the city super well. I mean, I didn't live there for very long. I don't remember seeing an abnormally large number of basketball hoops it, in Madison. It, it didn't seem like it wasn't something I noticed. Where I'm like, wow, there's a lot of basketball hoops in this city. <laughs> yeah. It's a bizarre, just a bizarre claim. Uh, all right, so back to the movie. After so I got over my, I haven't gotten over my social issues. I'm working on them. Um, so okay, a mighty important park chat has occurred. Mighty, so we have uh, the scene where Lieutenant Dan shows up, and I like this scene, but I, I just, I just going to read to you only Forrest's lines during this exchange. Magic legs. Okay. Okay. All right. So this is, you know, you can, you can, you know what happens on the other end, but just imagine you don't. Lieutenant Dan, you got new legs. New legs. Magic legs. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan. This is my Jenny. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if, if you're sitting down as a bad screenwriter, which Eric Roth 
would we all three agree he is a bad screenwriter? Like uh, it, the, I I can't think of other things he's written, but this is if this is his best, then yes, I will say yes. I think it is his best because it's mostly pretty bad movies. Yeah, um, I don't know, but I I I didn't scour his. Wait, entire... he did Munich. Didn't he write Munich? In the Insider, so I'm not. I'm gonna say he's not bad. Okay, maybe I'm mixing him up with somebody else. But but um, yeah, he he did write the Insider. He wrote uh, Starsborn, which mm-hmm. I know Rob really likes. I liked it. Yeah. All right, I, I take I it back. It. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, well, we're keeping that. We're putting that part in the in the episode though, Joe. So I can just insert it throughout the episode. That Rob is right. No, Joe, saying I'm. I take that back. I was wrong. You were right. I'll just put it in different parts of the episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It is, I guess, if you had a very, like, a lazy attempt at writing a very simple person, it, that works very well. Yeah, I mean, I, I just... And there's I a little more it. different inflection giving to the different Lieutenant Dan. He's just not just shouting, Lieutenant Dan! <laughs> well, and I, and I Magic think that's, legs! <laughs> that's, a, that's a credit to Tom Hanks to, like, you know... And, and I mean, the actors, they all, I mean... Everyone just does a good job on that scene, but it's just funny when you're watching it. And I was just like giggling as I was writing all this because it's just because like how many times does he say Lieutenant Dan? He says it four times. Can can I say can I say something a little catty? Sure. Uh huh. Um, Jenny looks doesn't look great in this dress or that. Yeah, head, you know head, what? Headwear I've thing. I, I'm saying no. This. I'm saying no to the dress, and uh, I am also going to, and this is something I've learned through marriage is I don't know anything <laughs> about what looks good but she I am looks, repulsed by the dress yeah this dr- it makes her look used it, it oh, looks like something it, god. it looks like a oh god damn dude I'm telling so, you just like I, a, I was worried that I was gonna sound mean come on it just looks like it's like she cr- climbed out of a drainage ditch and like she, 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 she okay I it's terrible I I'm I, I I don't I don't like what I'm saying here, but I'm gonna say it. I, like we all have just things that we feel and we think, and sometimes you you take a step back and you think about whether that's good that you feel that way, and you don't think it is, but you it's still honest, right? Mm-hmm. The whole like barefoot or like oh we're all gonna wear sandals at our wedding or mm-hmm. we're gonna wear uh, sneakers. Uh, I'm not into it. This whole like kind of casual hippie kind of well, thing. One of your ushers wore sneakers. Like yeah, I was like, I, I thought it. And I just, <laughs> I didn't want to sound mean. But. So the, I guess I didn't have as strong. Oh, the reaction. neon green ones you wore. Yeah, I remember yeah. those. <laughs> I didn't have as or big a reaction, but I will say this: uh, if you're gonna do the hippie wedding thing, make sure that the groom gets the memo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. His she, t- uh, his tie sucks too. By the way, I'm not into like, that either. They just came back from Ren Fair. I don't understand why she's dressed like this for this wedding. It, it's like they, <laughs> uh, uh, gosh, I don't even know. Like they spun the dial on, on like fashion. I don't know. I guess I, the they they clearly did it on purpose, right? Though this shows kind of Forrest's personality, and this shows her. And look, they can come together. And uh, mm. meet in the middle and sell out. <laughs> well, she had to wear a shirt that covered the track marks, Joe. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, so one thing I was going to say <laughs> before moving on is about, once again, I feel like this movie, even though I 
I like the scene with Lieutenant Dan. It's once again this very like conformative heteronormative point that oh lieutenant dan is happy now because he has new legs and he's married like lieutenant dan wasn't like good before Mm. now now he's a good person or he's Mm. happy Hmm. also i think it's a really good point duff um and i also i've talked about throughout this like if, if Lieutenant Dan had shown up in his wheelchair, he still would have been like grumpy and angry, I guess. But because he has, he has new, his he, legs, he has his legs. Now he can be happy. Mm. Mm. His, is... his tie is also really going for it. Look, man, it was the eighties. <laughs> I, I, I just think, um, oh man, I, I don't, I, I'm with you. I think that's a really good point, Duff. I, I've never really thought of it that way, but it is very ableist. I, to be I, like, Look, I he's do fine now because he's not in a wheelchair. He, I, I do think that him and his wife and Tom Hanks, they're they're very charming. So I, I it's still a fine scene, but it's again a very subtle uh, nod to how this movie is just like you have to conform to norms and able to be a happy good person yeah and if a more if i was going to give it a more charitable reading and i and i'm not trying to argue with you i i think you're right uh it's this is also is a movie that i, I don't think that was intentional by the way i think it just came out yeah uh, yeah it's it baked into their beliefs and and but this movie is also like it's important to the film to show like hey remember how like time went on and things changed so like him having titanium legs is them having a, yet another opportunity to be like, hey, it's the eighties now. Yeah, uh, and, he used he used all that Apple money to get some really expensive legs. Is it weird that Forrest did not know either of these two things—the legs nor the wife? I mean, well, he again, didn't know he had a kid. Yeah, he, again, <laughs> I, again, he was on a run for like three plus years. So uh, yeah. I, he was he was on a murder spree that claimed the lives of forty five <laughs> drifters. I think Forrest seems like a great friend, but he also seems like a friend who would never in a million years reach out to you. Um, he wrote like, le- he wrote Jenny like eighty letters. Yeah, yeah I, outside of Jenny, I I think the opposite. I think he would write way too many letters. And he wrote a letter to Lieutenant Dan. That's how he found out about the shrimp that he got a shrimp boat. Yeah, did he I, write a letter to him? Yeah, well, he he said, uh, "You oh, wrote yeah. me you wrote okay. me a letter, you idiot." Okay, yeah. So All right. I, All right. I, ju- I just think that Forrest had his mental breakdown and went on a run for three plus years. And during that time, Jenny had his kid. Lieutenant Dan got new legs and met someone. I, actually, I'm thinking of even more things. Like, Bubba's dead. Yeah. And he still gave his family millions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you guys are right. <laughs> He's You're like right. the best friend you could possibly have. I just thought yeah. it was so weird. For, Forrest is many things, things, but but absentee is not one of them. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, you're like, right. could you? I, I, could you ever imagine calling Forrest and him being like, "Ah, sorry, I can't help you. I'm busy." No, no. If you called Forrest, he would answer and love to talk to you. I just think, I, but he I was, would drop anything to help you. Absolutely. But I guess I was saying is, I think when things are not in Forrest like vision, he doesn't think about it. I I, I think the whole I, point of all of his scenes when he's by himself is him thinking of all the people that he loves. That's like the yeah. point of every single one of them. 
when he was on that run, all he was thinking about was Jenny and Lieutenant Dan and Bubba. Was he? We he I mean later we literally hear that he was thinking about Jenny the whole time. Yeah, I, would, I know he was I, thinking about Jenny. I would just assume that Lieutenant Dan and Bubba came into his mind and his yeah. mom. Yeah, I guess I also don't know how long he's been back from the run between he gets the run, he well, gets I mean, the letter, we, he we we you kinda worked it out last Long enough last... to get a haircut. <laughs> yeah. You kinda worked it out. We So this is March of nineteen eighty one. Yep. And so what... he he said, some, doesn't he say a few, and that's a few weeks ago or something like that? So mm. that's when he got the letter. Okay. So I guess I'm, what I guess I meant between when he sees Jenny and he gets married to Jenny, but I guess they have to get underneath the, the death wire. I think, <laughs> I, I, I think this was, yeah, kind of a, not a shotgun wedding, but kind of that time crunch. Well, they clearly but, didn't have time to get a good dress for her. Uh, <laughs> I, I do think you make a good point that, like, it is weird that he didn't know that stuff about Lieutenant Dan. And I, I, I totally get why you'd, you would say that. I guess probably my best answer to it, though, is, like, Lieutenant Dan doesn't seem like the type of guy that, like, volunteers information like that. And if you don't know to ask, he won't tell you, mm. which uh, I may or may not be like that person. So. <laughs> <laughs> How many? I, <laughs> I I just think of uh, there's a scene in the Blues Brothers where uh, Elwood says to Jake, say, or it's like, well, how many of those guys wrote you when you were in jail? And he's like, uh, they're not the kind of guys who write letters. And that's I I think that's Lieutenant Dan. Yeah. Okay. I think you guys you guys you're you're right. You're yeah. Right. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I just I, no no. I wasn't thinking. I just was thinking like I was saying, just like the fact that he, all this stuff. He's like, oh, you've well, got legs and a wife. And and once again, fiance. I mean, Maybe he I, met her yesterday. Uh, so we have the wedding here. Um, the most famous man in America invites about 25 people, uh, <laughs> which is a small little wedding, which I respect. Hey, I, th- it looks like a nice wedding. It I, does. It, it looks beautiful. It looks like, look, if you have a wonderful plantation, have a wedding. <laughs> Plus, after the investigation, a lot of people uh, mm. weren't comfortable being around Forrest. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I will say I love the shot of uh, Forrest and Jenny walking with with little Forrest and they're holding hands and the shadows move on the on the ground. Yet uh, again, kind of great. a kind of another place where this movie maybe could have ended and <laughs> Yep, that's true. Another place cuz we've saw Lieutenant Dan again. We've wrapped everything up. We've Forrest and Jenny and little Forrest and Lieutenant Dan are happy. And yep. Just wrap it up. But then we have to cut to the healthiest deathbed ever, <laughs> <laughs> where I think this is the same deathbed uh, Forrest's mom was in, right? It's deathbed, the bed that eats people. <laughs> <laughs> the bed that apparently kills healthy people as they're laying So, there. <laughs> for comparison, uh, just think of Tom Hanks' previous movie, Philadelphia, yeah. where he is dying of AIDS, <laughs> and then contrast that to Jenny in this movie, where Jenny's like, oh, I'm feeling a little under the weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The way this is, it's like, it's like, I just got some cramps today. <laughs> <laughs> it's a heavy flow day. <laughs> yeah, it's, and, like, it's, and it's the last time we see her. She just dies after and it, this. And also, it's 1981, maybe 82, where no one knows anything about how to make people comfortable or treat this disease yeah it's just awful and jenny basically looks like oh i stayed out too late and got the sniffles 
Yeah, it is. It is weird. <laughs> and and not to mention the fact that uh, it put people in this state for uh, so many of them and for so long because the the government was like willfully r- refusing to figure anything out about it. Literally laughing at yeah. this disease. <laughs> and uh, does this movie have anything to say about that? No, nope. of course not. Nothing. Only so think only, only that countercultural figures deserve it. That is that is the subtext of this movie. Um, there is one argument that's not AIDS, but hepatitis C. Which, <sighs> but you can't... I, but but in know. the context of when this movie was exactly. made it's and the AIDS. way it's described, yep. it's clearly like winking at boomers like, yeah, then we got AIDS. Yep. 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 No, I, I agree. And... and um, I, I mean, she hasn't died yet, so we don't need to go into her death. But it, this ends with, uh, with she asked him if he was scared in Vietnam, and, and that's like, the end of the segment. It's like Prince says, skinny man died of a big disease with a little name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I had a question for you guys, because mm-hmm. this is a, a bummer, right? And I, I wanted to like take a bummer and, and, and just turn it into a summer. Like a patient nod and bummer, a Bummer smile. aid? Um, like so, everyone, you you even said it already. Deathbed, right? Yep. Yeah. What 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 kind of furniture do you want to die in? What I don't want to die in a bed. Oh, I want to die in a bed. You want to? Oh yeah. Give me I a bed. I just I think there's there's at the end of you know when I'm hopefully very old and very happy, and I'm moving on. What about what about a water bed? <laughs> yeah, I just like. What if, if I, you died? And it was like sploosh. If I think of the top like ten moments in my life where I have felt the most powerful feeling of like, oh god, this is so comfortable. Not like, it was in a bed. I mean, like I don't think the number one thing would be was, yeah, is a no, bed. I, like, like I just think I would like someone to refer to the furniture I die on. I don't want it to be called my death bed. Like I want it to be a different kind of comfortable furniture like the death love sack or well something. i was thinking yeah or like the death the, hammock i want to i want to chair i want to die listening to the waves like laying in a hammock and then it's easy to just flip me out of it into a wheelbarrow and carry me <laughs> off when i'm done just dump you in a mass grave like mozart so so i i want i want to move on death uh, inflatable and, mattress <laughs> my death floaty it's shaped like a llama uh, send me out to sea in it like a Viking funeral. Just, just the little things on your arms. We'll just have little arms on you. The little arm floaties. <laughs> his, his, de- his death wings are actually water wings. <laughs> what are the? What are those like human pillow things? <laughs> oh man! So, I, so you're still like you yeah. think like the the most comfortable? I, okay, here's what I'm saying. I guess the more concisely, like what furniture produces, even if it's only for a limited amount of time, like the most comfortable peak comfort feeling. And I think I've achieved that highest level in a hammock. But you're still saying like your peak comfort. Uh, hammock is, is good. I, I don't know if this is an answer that quite meets it, but I have always said, uh, whatever happened to fainting couches? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, what are those called? Um, you know, uh, I know you what you it? mean. A, a chaise lounge. Yeah. yeah. Bring, uh, that bring that back. I want to be like, oh, it's the the death fainting couch. <laughs> uh, oh my God, Liz Taylor sat on that in 1951s. <laughs> I I so I, f- I feel of- like fainting couches are from the antebellum south, but I I don't know. 
I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. So here's my, my hammock take. Oh, no. I feel like I like the idea of hammocks more than I actually like when I'm in a hammock. Well, not all hammocks is created equal. No, uh, they are not. In yeah. a in a in a in a bad hammock or even a not a great hammock is not a great How experience. How many hammocks have you been in? I, I would throb on this one. I I've I've no, been I, in I'm, my share. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I well I guess to both of you. Like I'm I'm jealous of the amount of hammocks. I've been, well, I've, like, <laughs> if you have the ones that have like the like thread that kind of stretches out and there's like gaps in it that's no good that leaves a bunch I, of weird marks on you and <laughs> look th- this you is, already have weird marks on you th- well, th- that's true. this is true of anything you get what I you mean, pay we all for. do yeah uh the best hammock is like you get the ones that they you know you tie them on trees and they're like they're you know but i i, I don't have the energy for that um i would say i like a, i like a good rocking chair yeah. <laughs> good okay Wooden like the old school, chair. like wooden wooden ones. Yep. Okay, yep. give me a good rocking chair, um, or even like if you can't do that, like a nice deck chair could be quite comfortable. What's your take on Adirondack chairs? I'm all in on them. Uh, see, I don't like them. They're too low. It's too hard to get. <laughs> well, because you're a giant. Yeah. It's. I mean, Rob's a tall guy. It's too hard to get up out of them. Yeah, actually, all three of us are pretty tall. Yeah. yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, so that's mine. Duff, what are you, what are you going uh, with the fainting couch? I, I went with the fainting couch. I like the death that. couch. So, so your death moment, are you going to be walking and then raise your palm up to your forehead and collapse onto it? Yes. Oh. I, it, it, it'll, it'll be soft focus lighting. Yep. <laughs> and then like old, old-timey old ragtime piano will play as the intertitle comes uh, in. A guy who's wearing a skeleton mask for some reason is peeking through the window behind you. The embarrassing part, and then the the intertitle will come. It's like, oh, woe is me. The embarrassing part is when Joe dies in a hammock. They won't be able to easily get him out unless they just flip him out onto the ground. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh. That'd be so funny. Like (laughs) then I I even get a a a pratfall. I get a prat. Yeah, exactly. I get a pratfall after I pat. Like that. That's the ultimate for me. Or or if it's like one of those over water hammocks. You just wait till high tide comes in and it's deep enough, and then flip me into the water and let the sea take me. I definitely want to be buried at sea, v- right? Viking Viking funerals where it's at. I know, Duff. I'm I'm assuming you also want to be buried. Just at sea. light, yeah, light me on fire and push me off to sea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe that could be where you die. Just you just won't die quite yet. We'll put you in one of those things and then light yep. you on fire and push you off. And that hey, be speaking of, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think we're all in agreement. We're kind of tired of this movie. Uh, uh kind of. Yeah. Uh. There, there was a, I'll say, vigorous, maybe not so vigorous debate between me and Rob about whether to bring back one of our most loved oh, segments. I, I'm actually, before we start, I'm hurt by this because you didn't even enlist my support. So that means you think I'm a bad ally because well, you know to, I would have supported. It, Joe, it goes back to what you said. You didn't ask. In fairness, this, <laughs> yeah. in fairness, this was about four hours ago. Oh, <laughs> four this, hours? I uh, this, would not this, have been able to participant yeah, i was frantically trying to get my chores done this this was not well thought out this was just me remembering that we recorded tonight and needing content uh so my my thought was there are no more songs in this movie nope and no i think it, i think it's time for some sea monster facts yeah rob rob said no but rob said we could proceed with land monsters yes i compromised I mean, uh, think of all, like, do you think he saw any skinwalkers when he's running through the desert? Like, so, we could just ra- trace his route. So Rob's 
Rob said that it had to be like monsters who roam the country like forest. <laughs> so, uh, so <laughs> a nom- they, they're nomadic. Since forests yeah. roam the country killing people, yes. as we know in the real uh, Gump. Ah, what is that? Slam monster facts. So, uh, land monsters. So I've, I found two, and one is very short. And the first one it's is a short not, monster. Well, no, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the first one I debated talking about, but because it's from Alabama, I included. And also because, uh, Rob, it's called Huggin' Molly. <laughs> oh, my God. Huggin', Huggin Molly. Molly. Huggin' Molly. That's okay. two words? Yep. Two words. Uh, okay. like, like hugging, but huggin', because it's, it's Southern. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is why this is kind of like the, the first one that's not as... It's not so much a monster as it's like a folklore and a ghost, but it's uh, Huggin' Molly from Alabama. Okay, I'm opening the uh, link. Uh, the legend claims that a phantom woman would appear to children, but only, <laughs> but only at night. I she would she would squeeze them tightly and scream in their ears. This is a grandma. Th- th- this is a. Uh, I'm going to describe the sign. It looks sort of like if Carrie was remade as <laughs> <laughs> like a school marm raising uh, a boy. Uh, who is agoraphobic and finally became more afraid of his mom than the outside. <laughs> is this is this story just about Casey Anthony? Oh. <laughs> uh, so the, the phantom woman appeared. She wouldn't harm them other than perhaps causing some ringing in their ears. So this like, and it's like a seven foot tall, dark clothing. It's like a witch, like a okay. seven foot tall witch shows up and screams in your child's ears. And okay. one... And one version of the story claims that Hug and Molly was the ghost of a woman who lost an infant. And the other is that uh, supposedly Molly was a professor at the Southeast Alabama Agriculture School who is trying to keep students safe by keeping them off the streets at night. Or why not both? I uh, I have a theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I might have just gotten just too black-pilled here. Uh <laughs> Rob, are you comfortable talking about your health ailment? Which one? What, what, I was going to say, which one? <laughs> that affects your ears. Oh, yeah. my uh, my uh, I call it tinnitus, but I've also heard it pronounced tinnitus. It's uh, Meniere's. Uh, which the, is a system of Meniere's disease, yes, which I have ringing in my right ear all the time. So I'm looking at this sign that Duff sent us that depicts uh, the welcome. To, that looks like a large sign, by the way. Welcome mm-hmm. to Abbeville. Home of Hug and Molly. If you if you look up at the top there, which state is that in? Alabama. Do you Alabama. Want me to, yeah. Where is your dad from? Alabama. Do you have ringing in your ears? Yes. Do you think your dad may have angered Hug and Molly? And she came <laughs> and all she the way came up to It took her a long time, but by the time she got to Spooner, hmm. <laughs> you had arrived. So she slapped you and your dad, or mm. hugged you and your dad. Mm. I mean, I can't say it couldn't have happened. Is, so, is yeah. your tinnitus just hugging Molly constantly screaming in her ear? 
Would you feel better or worse about your ailment if you knew it was the result of a land monster named Huggin' Molly? I would feel much better about it. <laughs> much better. Because <laughs> if I if I if there's if I have something that doesn't have a cure, at least give me a cool origin story for yeah. it. Yeah. That I yeah I respect that. Yeah. So the the real the land monster I want to get into is uh, the folk monster F U U K E monster. Wait wait no it's not a folk monster it's literally called folk. Spell it again. F O U K E. So folk or folk, folk or folk. So it's got like a little French. Uh, yeah. So flavor the, folk the, monster. The, so the folk monster and yeah again <laughs> yep, it's, it's from, a lossless download. It's from <laughs> it's from Arkansas. It's called the folk monster. Okay. So, uh, okay. <laughs> can you say that one more time? I didn't folk catch monster. <laughs> I like that. that. Was good. That was good. Uh, so <laughs> that's our new intro. <laughs> so, I started this off by one one citation for the folk monster is in his book Strange Creatures from Time and Space. John Keel tells us that there's hardly a respectable swamp in the deep south <laughs> that does not boast at least one what he calls abominable swamp slob ass <laughs> ass come on did you buy this book after reading about it <laughs> i I'll, I'll have to look it up later yeah okay so so the folk monster is basically <laughs> a a bigfoot type monster in arkansas various reports between 1971 74 describe the creature as being a large hominid or ape like creature covered in long dark hair about seven feet tall 250 to 300 pounds it's not cool that they're describing duff in middle school (laughs) (laughs) this is the first this is online bullying of my large friend it was it was online bullying via usenet on arpanet or something like that (laughs) Uh, duff were you the first large adult son God, maybe. <laughs> uh, later reports published in the 80s claimed it was far larger, with one report describing as 10 feet tall, Whoa. 800 what? pounds. 800 pounds? That is big. Uh, some accounts describe it as running swiftly with a galloping gait and <laughs> swinging its arms in a fashion similar, t- similar to a monkey. Hmm. Uh, reports also describe it having a terrible odor, the combination of a skunk and a wet dog. It also supposedly <laughs> had. Uh, it also su- supposedly has red eyes the size of silver <laughs> dollars. That is uh, a monster. Literally. Uh, someone named Lynn Crabtree claims to have witnessed it in 1965, and they claim to have shot the creature three times in the face, but with no effect. Ah. Oh. Uh, in 1971, the Ford family of the Jonesville area, uh, supposedly the creature pushed its claw through the screen of their house. And then uh, Mr. Ford uh, and his, Mrs. Ford's husband, Bobby, and her brother, Douglas, pursued the creature into the woods. <laughs> the sheriff arrived and took cast of the unusual footprints it left. Uh, but an hour later, the creature was back at the residence they shot at it again, and the manimal, that's their word, not mine, disappeared. So this is a big, Bigfoot-like creature in the uh, the outskirts of Arkansas. Uh, but here, here's uh, another thing. 
Uh, this was eventually kind of made into a movie called The Legend of Boggy Creek. Okay. And in some ways, I feel like this movie was the Blair Witch Project of its day. Was it's a cool movie poster. <laughs> really it, cool movie poster. It, it looks. Oh, it looks damn. like it, it is it's sweet. A, it's a classic like VHS poster. I do. Uh, one interesting thing is it's described as a docudrama horror film. I have not seen it, but one interesting thing: it was made for a hundred million dollars and grossed twenty-five million. It was wait, the, it was made for a hundred million? No, it was made for a hundred thousand. Oh, okay. for a hundred thousand, okay. but grossed twenty-five million. The number ten grossing movie of nineteen seventy-two. What? Uh, had several sequels. I guess it's a franchise. So, yeah. We have to watch this. The I do know that one of the sequels was uh, a movie on Mystery Science Theater 3000. Okay. Uh I don't I don't know if I've actually seen it, but yeah. So, a Bigfoot-like creature that smells like a skunk and a wet dog may or may not be uh walking around the outskirts of Arkansas in the deep south. Wow. I am uh yeah, that sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. We should we should find a way to watch this someday and learn more about the fuck f- monster. Fuck <laughs> <Fog> monster. <laughs> do you have anything else, stuff? Joe, do you have anything about this movie? Is there anything <laughs> we have left to talk about? Uh, like we're just gonna have to we're gonna have to amp up the nonsense level about twenty five percent each way each kind of dive through the rest of this movie a lot, lot of land monsters out there <laughs> yeah that's true i guess uh yeah that's true i will say that most most folklore involving the south is like civil war ghosts so hmm. all right i look forward to hearing about more monsters as we uh finish up the last <laughs> month of this uh of yeah, our of this project the real mo- the the real monster is Forrest. And his if we ever have a, a fan meetup, it's going to be at the Cryptid Museum in Maine. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think it's in Maine. All right, guys. Um, I have nothing else. Listeners, uh, you're still with us. You want through, the feed picks? Uh, yeah, you can go to... If you want foot picks, uh, I guess they'd be big foot picks. You can go to... Um, Size 12, that's a big foot. Patreon.com slash the Midnight Boys. For $2, you can get extra episodes. $10, you can get selfies. $50, you can choose a movie for us to talk about. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've I'll, uh, I'll, know. I'll throw in more feed picks for 50 bucks if you want. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll pitch uh, <laughs> his only dance. We often don't talk about this. We have other podcasts. We have a free podcast, which talk about movies, and we have Titanic Minute, which we talked about Titanic one minute at a time. So check those out if you are being like i'm so bummed that this is ending we're <laughs> we got enough content for your whole life that we continue to produce happy the days while i'm ending the nest till once more they ride high out to sea